eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. I'm back. It's Lee, back here doing the first college football podcast for a number of weeks, really. A bit of a hiatus from our side of the ball. Uh, and I'm back. I'm back with the main man, actually. We're reunited, Tim. Uh, I'm working on Tim, obviously, the head hunter yes. at the full 10 yards. Brought him over from the NFL side for today's pod and, and next week as well. How are you, my friend? Yeah, very well. As I like you said just before we came on, obviously, we've come full circle. This time last year, it was me hosting you. Now you're hosting me. Look, look at the uh, look at how far you've come. Your wings have um, your wing your wings have spread. <laughs> but I just thought when you said that, I, I thought that like Paul Rudd uh, gif. <laughs> you know, he's like with the bottle. Oh, yeah. He's like, look at us now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to post yeah. it out with the pod when we when we tweet it out later on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, I, I do double. I, I do double now and again in college football, but I, I, I have to liken it to, obviously I do uh, a multitude of different podcasts uh, for the full 10 yards, but I kind of liken it, liken it to a water park. So if you think like you go to a water park, you've got loads of different rides and stuff. So the NFL mm. podcast for me is like the lazy river where I can just get in my dinghy, <laughs> feet up and just like laze around for, for an hour. And then you've got fantasy football is a bit more like, you know, you start getting onto the, to the water shoots where, you know, fantasy football for me is kind of like a, a water shoot that you're used to. But certainly college football for me is the kind of enclosed, fast, X-rated water shoot that's you know, pitch black. You don't know what, it, you, know, you go on it for the first time. That, that's, that's what the college podcast is for me. There we go then. A bit of excitement for you. There you go. So what we're doing today for everyone um, is we're just going to look at kind of the teams that are kind of interested at the top of the top of the rounds. So uh, we're split into two parts. We're going to take three teams today and then three teams next week. And we're just going to look at something like team needs, what's going to happen in the draft, maybe talk about some trades, who they're going to look at, maybe free agent-wise and how that will impact the draft and just throw out some names for everyone um, and just see where we go from there. So the teams that we're covering today are obviously the Cincinnati Bengals right at the top. Uh, we're going to skip the Redskins. We're not going to discuss them today. We're going to talk about the Lions and also the Miami Dolphins as well. Obviously, hold a lot of the power when it comes to the NFL draft this year. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about them and then three more mystery teams. Not going to withdraw. Not going to with, with um, reveal. Sorry, not withhold. We're not going to reveal those until next week. Um, so you have to tune in and listen to that. So Tim, ready to go? Yes, go. Let's do it. Cool. Okay, so we're going to start off with the Bengals. So, obviously, when we talk about team needs for the Bengals, team that just won two games last year, uh, I guess it's quite a lot. Obviously, you know, we've got it in our group chat. We've got Adam and now Sean, who, you know, in the group chat, we're talking about a lot of team names, and it's kind of like a plethora, isn't it? A lot, a lot of team needs for this one, this mm. team. What do you reckon? What's the biggest one? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I, I know, I know. I think me and you are on the on the side of they're actually not too many far away, uh, not too far away from actually being kind of contenders. I know they're mm. in obviously a division with the AFC North, but yeah, if you if you think about it, uh, obviously quarterback position is is the main reason why they are number one, and whilst they why they are going to pick Joe Burrow. Um, seemingly Andy Dalton's not yeah, well, exactly yeah. Uh, <laughs> one to a hundred one, one to a hundred shot on Skybet put, put, put a pan down um, yeah obviously Andy Dalton's not in their plans Ryan Finley I don't think is the answer he essentially came in and handed the ball off on every play uh, I, I saw a stat his uh, completion percentage last year was 47.1% averaging uh, 13 completions per game so um, yeah yeah, good luck with that, Ryan Finley. Um, yeah. He'll be in XFL next year. Um, yeah, obviously QB QB is going to go going to go at one. There'll, there'll be I know some people out there hypothesising on how the Bengals come out of number one, but it's just 
your typical rumor mill mm. at this time of year trying to just build up something that's you know it's just a mirage isn't it um but also yeah you know, f- for me a defensive lineman i think i think is as well is is, is a quite a big need for them um you know the the worst uh last year in terms of uh, yards given up on the run um yeah 25th uh, in terms of yards per attempt uh, they were on on defense so probably skewed a little bit by a game script uh, considering they were behind for most obviously the one two games so mm. um you know people are going to run down their throats but uh, just the 31 sacks in 2019 but you also have to think as well uh, on that defense that they are uh, they're getting quite old uh, in terms of average age. You know, Gino Atkins and Carlos Dunlap are mm. alongside of 30. And we, as we all know, Father Time is, is undefeated. Um, but they do have Sam Hubbard there. He's a third rounder from 2018. Uh, he's actually had a good start to his career. So, uh, mm. But I do think that the defensive line uh, could do with a bit of a freshening up. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Like you say, with the age thing, Gino obviously has been a great player for the Bengals for many, many years. And same with Carlos Dunlap as well, came from the same draft, actually, um, in 2010. And then, like you say, just got the fresh Sam Hubbard and then Carl Lawson. But just, mm. they just need to beef up those lines and just get more production. So, yeah, definitely something they need to look at in the second and third rounds, maybe. Uh, interior and exterior, and you know, on the edge as well. And I think also tackle as well. You know, I think we've been talking about the Bengals not having a great line mm. for quite a long time. Um, I think it all stems back from when they uh, tried to... They drafted two tackles, didn't they? Cedric Obwey and um, Fisher... I can't remember his first name in the same draft and neither of them hit and then they've been kind of trying to recover from that for a long time obviously drafted uh, John Williams last year where he got injured and then they're just playing from behind the eight ball the whole time so I think mm. maybe another run at tackles again quite early could be you know a way to um, I don't know get the best out of Joe Burrow I guess and, and just make his life and transition easier as he moves into what the NFL from college football mm. and, and to have Joe Mixon as well obviously Yes, I'm mixing. Uh, I mean, I think what we've been talking about when we're talking about, you know, what you mentioned at the beginning in the fact that they are only maybe a few pieces away is, you know, if we're going to lock in Joe Burrow as the number one pick um, and then they'll then have this young nucleus, you know, they've got Tyler Boyd, they've got AJ Green, perhaps, you know, although he's not young, you know, they've got Jonah Williams, maybe another tackle coming in, Joe Mixon. You know, it starts to look quite nice there, you know, with this young nucleus on offense. And you think maybe they've you know, got an offense that can compete in the AFC North, which is what you want to build for, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one in terms of wide receiver because you've got obviously Edge again. They didn't want to move on from him last year. Obviously, this is a quite a heavy or quite uh, in depth wide receiver class. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of change their change their minds and go and go wide receiver uh, in this one as well. Obviously, yeah, they have Tyler Boyd tied up. Uh, I think what he signed a, a big contract last year, wasn't it, last off season? Um, but in terms of playmakers, you know, you've got Alex Erickson, Norden, Staten's probably uh, quite unreliable tight end production as well. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to help with Joe Barrow to, to bring someone in as well. That, that wouldn't surprise me to, to see them take a to, to take a wide receiver on day two, late day two, maybe day three. Yeah, no, for sure. I would definitely agree with that. I mean, in my last mock draft that I did for the full 10 yards, I had them picking T. Higgins of Clemson in the second round with the 33rd overall pick. So it's definitely something in my consideration for sure. Mm. Should we, let's move on to the Detroit Lions then. I guess a lot of people have been saying that this is where the draft starts at number three because obviously we're hypothesizing about a lot of trades in this you know, in this scenario. A lot of people have the Detroit mm. Lions moving away. What do you think in terms of the trade, first of all? Do you think it's going to happen? Hmm. I I would be absolutely shocked if the Lions don't trade back. Absolute prime candidate. They've got so many holes on that defense. Uh, obviously, you know, trading 
Quandre Diggs and Ziggy Ansah went off, obviously, uh, in free agency last uh, last season as well, both obviously to the Seahawks. I mean, they've got a few pieces there. Darius Slay, um, Trey Flowers, obviously, they signed uh, last year. Devon Kennard as well is pretty decent uh, at linebacker. It's, it's a good piece uh, to have there. But the amount of holes that they've got, you know, teams teams that go on 12-game losing streaks uh, have plenty of holes, let me tell you. I don't know much. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a few holes uh, that, you, that you need to fill. So, um, yeah, considering where they are at number three, uh, it's obviously the first spot uh, after Joe Barrow. So, you know, if you want your 2 or if you want to, to make a move up, uh, the Lions are going to be the, the prime or you know, to go and get the person that you want to go and get. The Lions should be just licking their lips and just hoping that they're, at least two of them come their way so they can kind of auction it off. But um, I, I would be surprised if uh, the Lions pick from three. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd definitely go along with that. I think there's too many quarterback needy teams. You know, Miami mm. obviously been tanking for two for quite a long time now. Obviously, my Chargers definitely needed a quarterback now after Philip Rivers announced that, you know, well, we've announced that Philip Rivers is going to be leaving in free agency. And then I think mm. the dark horse is the Carolina Panthers. That You know, that's three teams that are after maybe, you know, between two quarterbacks, two and Justin Herbert that are going to be on the board at that time. So, you know, like you say, the auction is definitely there and available. But how does that... I mean, it could be the perfect scenario for the Lions because they could move back to five and still be able to pick up a prime defensive candidate and pick up extra draft picks. So it's kind of a perfect storm for the Lions, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the worst thing that could probably happen for the Lions is that two is medical reports or that something kind of doesn't go right, combine, combine and people aren't too uh, enamoured with him. And then the Lions are kind of stuck there. No one wants to trade up. But just a point on teams that could trade up, just be uh, my dark horse for trading up is the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, if they miss on Rivers, um, I can see the Colts moving up and, and maybe going to get a QB as well. I think uh, Jacoby Brissett's time uh, in, in Indianapolis is is kind of on borrowed time but yeah obviously we've had history of teams going up to get you know going up to number three going up to number two obviously the Jets traded to go and get Mm. Sam Darnold they gave up what a couple of three second rounders uh, Mitch Trubisky either by the best (laughs) traded up one place to go and get Mitch (laughs) Trubisky and gave up what and gave up what they gave up well we know we shouldn't but (laughs) we have to um, and obviously, you know, the big one was um, Eagles trading from eight to two to get Cohen, Carson Wentz. But, you know, they didn't give up a, a great deal. Obviously, gave a third, up a third, a fourth, and then future firsts and a, and a second as well. So, you know, I, I know where we come to draft time. Everyone always thinks that you have to give an absolute war chest to to move up, uh, you know, five, six, seven spots or, or whatever it is. But, yes, you do have to give up a, a, a couple of picks. But it's not, you know, you're not mortgaging your future like the Los Angeles Rams, Rams mm. have seemed to have done mm. uh, recently. But, um, yeah, you know, moving from five to three or six to three, uh, even 12, what the Colts are. 13. Colts are 13, aren't they? Even 13 to three, uh, it's not going to take a great deal. Obviously, probably be a future first and second and all the rest of it. But, you know, if, if, you've, if you've got a chance of getting your, your franchise quarterback, which uh, the Colts, you know, again, another team, you know, we were talking about the Colts as a Super Bowl team prior to mm-hmm. Andrew Lapp retiring. So, um, again, not too much has changed except for everyone's turning, turned a year older on the clock. So um, I wouldn't surprise me to see the Colts either go for Philip Rivers or if, if they miss on that or don't decide that he's the best, that he, they take him, them as an outside shot to go, go up to three. Yeah, it's not a bad shot because they've still got the ammo, haven't they? They've still got a load of second round picks and a couple, mm. maybe an extra third. So, you know, if you're talking about the price potentially you know, not being as high as some people might expect, you know, those second round and third round picks, future first, it's probably enough, you know, it's probably enough to get it especially, done. Especially, especially say, if two is, if two, his medical report comes back uh, negatively for him. Obviously, if it comes back and it's all singing or dancing, the Lions are going to be licking their, licking their lips. But um, 
yeah, it, I think it will depend on that. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a definite one to keep an eye on. Just moving away from the draft and, and moving towards Philip Rivers, obviously as a Chargers fan, kind of want to give him a shout-out. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the Colts are in pole position? Do you think that's the number one destination? Yeah, I mean, I said on the, our podcast on on Monday or yesterday that um, Philip Rivers was my was my shout to to go to Indianapolis. I know that obviously he's moved him and his twenty million kids to Florida, so their <laughs> population's just doubled. Um, <laughs> like I can't, uh, apart from Tampa, uh, depends on. I'd love to see him in Tampa. That'd be that'd be fireworks. But essentially, they're just getting an older older James Winston. So, um, yeah, Miami doesn't fit. Yeah, um, Miami doesn't fit. Jacksonville doesn't really fit. I mean, yeah, it could plausibly, but I think Indianapolis is near enough for for him to be there for a year. But it just depends on. Obviously, he's got ties to Frank Reich as well. So, and um, that was a kind kind of another mm. another string that was attached to Reich and, and Rivers. So, um, yeah, I'd say if 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 he's going to go anywhere, it's likely going to be Indianapolis. And then I've also mentioned on the pods that. If he doesn't get signed by Indianapolis, I can see him being a candidate of being signed or being picked up kind of when a QB goes down during the season next year. So, Ooh, okay. Not starting straight away then. Not, not like a big rush to get for the Rivers. That's a, that, would be, that would be surprising for me. No. There's a, there's a geographical kind of thing that you don't think of, but the actual closest team to where he's actually basing himself is actually New Orleans. You don't think he could turn up there, do you? Uh, ooh, no, I'm not, not with all the chat that's Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, they're, but you, you buy that though. They'd, they'd upset the apple cart. But I don't, not necessarily, I don't buy it, but they, they, I think there'd be too much there to upset the apple cart to bring Rivers in for a year. You're just kicking the can down the road. And this is a, um, yeah, I say, I said, I said on the podcast as well, I think Drew Brees will retire. So, um, I think, I think Teddy Bridgewater will, will get the gig there for, for better or for worse. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's the reason that the Chargers have got rid of him because they didn't want to kick the can down the road by franchise tagging him again, you know. So, yeah, yeah no, that's fair. Um, anyway, back to the draft. So, Detroit, what 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 we're saying when they do get on the clock, you know, eventually that might be five, that might be six, that might be a little bit later down the line. What's their kind of areas of need that they need to hit? Mm, well, like I say, just, any, just defensive any, of, players, any, really. any of them defence, yeah. I mean, um, uh, yeah, pretty much anywhere. I've got everywhere on <laughs> everywhere on, on defense, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Darius Slay obviously needs a bit of help. You know, they've only had uh, 28 sacks on the season, which is the second worst, seven, just the seven interceptions as well. So uh, that says to me, pass rush and a, a bit of corner as well. So, um, yeah, they were awful against the pass last year. Mm. Um, like I say, they do have a few little pieces that they can kind of build around. Um, yeah, generally in the first round, last couple of years as well, they you know, tend to go linemen. Uh, last five of the last six years, they've gone uh, you know, either O lineman or, or tight end. Um, I'm going to kind of cheat and include those as linemen, but uh, essentially <laughs> TJ Hawkinson did, did spend most of the year blocking. So, um, yeah, yeah, so there, there were a lot of holes, and obviously Matt Patricia comes from New England, who kind of yeah, kind of make themselves known on, on in terms of defenses. So mm. I can see them going defense if they do manage do pick at three. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. I think it's definitely a defensive pick. I think I've always picked a defensive player, um, mainly Jeffrey Akuda, uh, but they could go Derek Brown as well. You know, like I say, getting that pass rush from the interior. Um, Matt Patricia will definitely want to be stout against the run, and they weren't they weren't really that last year. And mm-hmm. like I said before, they can they can probably pick this guy up from five or six if if they trade back and pick up a bunch of draft picks. So def- definitely could be one of the winners on day one of the draft come April. Mm-hmm. For Detroit. Um, so yeah, no, I was just gonna say, just what would you reckon of Isaiah Simmons, uh, linebacker? See, I really well. like him. So, I say, if they, I, I think it wouldn't be too bad a fit there. But especially, he'd be perfect if they say could be back to five or six. He'd be right for the pluck in there to to pick him, and then yeah, 
if it is Miami, what maybe Miami trade the six and whatever their last pick in the in the first round is as well to to move up or maybe, mm. maybe an ancillary piece as well. But yeah, that would that would certainly help Detroit uh, in the long run. And yeah, for sure. Essentially, they don't have to make sure they hit; they can get two darts in the first round. Yeah, no, for sure. I think Isaiah Simmons is a great player. It's one of those things where he's a fantastic player, but because he's kind of pigeonholed and put in that box of being a linebacker, even though he doesn't really have a position because he plays literally everywhere, apart from mm. defensive tackle, it's really difficult to value him and see and kind of see yourself in the shoes of the GMs of these teams who are going to try and do the same. So, I mean, the, I think the highest I've mocked him is four to the Giants, which I can see being a possibility, you know, especially with Dave Gettleman's history. Mm-hmm. He drafted Shaq Thompson. He loves linebackers and things like that. So I can see that happening. I'm not, I don't know about three. I think Akuda is a better fit for Detroit and so is Derek Brown. But I mean, sure. if Isaiah yeah, Simmons yeah. goes number three, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be turning my nose up and saying, why the hell is Detroit doing that? You know, or at five. Well, no, well, let's say, well, clearly, clearly it's um, clearly fell off last year, wouldn't it, if that, that kind of happened. But um, yeah, Derek Brown, Derek Brown if, if the Lions pick at three, would probably be the, would be the pick for the Lions. But I, I say... I'd, would be shocked if they don't move back to five or six and mm. pick up some other pieces so they get a couple of shots on because there, there are a lot of holes in that defense. Mm. Oh, for sure. I mean, like one last thing on Isaiah Simmons, just because it's something that I've kind of been mulling over myself, is obviously the Chargers have been kind of linked to, I guess, is maybe the best way to describe it, you know, Tom Brady or Cam Newton. If we don't draft a quarterback and we draft Isaiah Simmons at six or another position, I wouldn't turn my nose up with that. If you know he's in the top ten, I, I would think that'd be a great signing and great draft. Mm. So or a great start to draft at least. So you know, I think he's a player that can go really high. But at the same time, if if kind of the linebacker label kind of stays because of the old schoolness of some of these teams that are picking the, the top ten, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised to see him slip to twelve. I don't think he gets past the Raiders though at twelve. So mm. it's kind of one of those things. It's very difficult to to peg him. To be honest with you. Let's move on to Miami then. Obviously, you know, if we're talking about Miami's main goals, obviously to pick up a quarterback, if two his medicals come back and he had his uh, three-month post-surgery uh, kind of medical yesterday, I believe it was, and that all came back very positive. So are we saying that the first pick, wherever Miami make that, whether that be five or three, it's going to be two. And then after that, what are they doing with the rest of the picks in their, you know, their early rounds, you know, their, two of their first rounds and their second rounds? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. The Dolphins are obviously fascinating uh, this year for obvious reasons, kind of like Oakland last year. It's like, oh, yeah, what are they going to do with their their war chest of uh, of picks? But yeah, I'd certainly expect the first one to be to, uh, unless obviously someone comes and trumps them into like the Colts or the Chargers and move up to three but ahead of them. So that would uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons, I think, if you're if you're Miami as well. But yeah, again, I was, I was going through this team. There seems to be quite a few holes here as well. You know, the defense wasn't great last year, and mm. you know, at the start of the season, they were you know, fifty burgers were being put up on all, all over the shop. Um, Obviously, people with, with very, very little experience indeed. So um, that's obviously off the back of, of train away Mink Fitzpatrick. That uh, that trade certainly not played out. They don't, well, they only got nineteen number nineteen back for that. So uh, that was a, that was a loss for them. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, traded traded away Larry Mutunsel, Kenyon Drake uh, has gone as well. So I, I, I certainly see um, offensive line, defensive line, and running back as as kind of needs for them as well on top of QB as well. Um, but yeah, again, in terms of defense, recorded the lowest percentage of quarterback hurries last year uh, and quarterback pressures. That's from uh, from PFF, and they're, you know, they were worst in the league in sacks as well. So um, you can just put yeah, defensive line as a whole, uh, to be honest, and maybe even a bit of linebacker as, as, as well. So 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Brian, Brian Flores, obviously defensive-minded coach again, just like Matt Patricia, obviously coming from New England as well. They might be trying to build their team in the same manner. You know, being stout up front, they started that with Christian Wilkins last, last year. Then you've obviously got to look at the running back and the offensive tackles to kind of give your quarterback, potentially a rookie quarterback, probably a rookie quarterback, you know, his best start in life, just as we were saying for the Bengals, really. But it's nice for them. They've got all the ammo, haven't they? And they're going to be able to take some really good picks. Mm. One thing that I've been talking about, though, with Miami is when they've acquired these three first-round picks, do you think they'll make three first-round selections? Because, or do you think they'll just move it to, you know, and use this as ammo to move around, you know, up to three, maybe back again, and, and do some shaking and moving? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think, I think what, obviously, three first-round picks allows you to do is allows you to be fluid so that if someone does trump you for three, it's, it's an interesting one if they do get trumped for three because, you know, do they then stay at five uh, and then get and take a QB that maybe the, the Colts or the... Uh, the the Chargers might have wanted maybe even uh, some other teams as well maybe even uh, Oakland uh, well Las Vegas now isn't it um, yeah, yeah you can't make that mistake uh, after being called San Diego Chargers still I'm getting really annoyed <laughs> <at> it <laughs> um, but yeah to, to to answer your question do they make three first round picks yeah I, I think they probably do obviously yeah we had we've got experience of that from last year the uh, Las Vegas obviously had three uh, last year they made all three of them as well um, yeah <laughs> I think if if they, if they do trade up for two uh, for three, like I say, they could probably just about get away with keeping maybe all three uh, first rounders. Maybe they have to use the back end one to to, to trade up with with uh, Detroit. But um, yeah, I, I certainly think they'll make all uh, make all three because they've got enough holes that they will need to use all three. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we're talking about early second round picks as well, and obviously all these teams are going to be picking early in the third as well, and you can still pick up very good players then. So it's nice I, th- I think I think they'll take a running back uh, day two. Yeah, I think a lot. They of I don't backs think they'll take a running back. Two. Yeah, which yeah, is no. which is useful for Miami because obviously, obviously, there's no Saquon Barkley's or, or that kind of those kind of players in this draft. But you know, for, considering the talent that they've got at running back, I mean, they had Mark Wharton on roster last year. Um, yeah, luckily they don't have to burn an early pick or like, or do anything special to to get that running back in the first round they can wait till day two uh second third rounds to to pick up a running back so that that's kind of whilst it's a primary need for them they don't have to kind of burn an early pick which probably helps them quite a lot yeah no definitely i mean who burns early picks on running backs i couldn't <laughs> think of anyone <laughs> not successfully anyway right yeah well, absolutely <laughs> obviously just uh digging you there so I mean if we're talking about I got it I got it (laughs) so if we're talking about um you know the impact of free agency on these teams is there any big free agents that you could see that might impact you know that you could bring in for these teams and might impact the way these teams draft let's start with the Bengals is there anyone that you could think that yeah there's someone on the market there that we could we could shake it up well well one thing I will say I will preface it by is that if you are doing Stuffing free agency generally you're going to come out on the losing side anyway um yeah you, you know, there's not a lot of teams that benefit a great deal or get a lot of value out uh, value for money uh, in terms of, of free agency um i, I again like I, I say with the bengals um because because they're not that many that many picks away or those many holes away from actually being a half decent team i don't think they'll do do, do too much in uh, in free agency to be to be quite honest mm. um yeah I, 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 again zach taylor he's obviously a, what a second year head coach now he probably won't again won't, won't want to have too much interchange in the in the roster in personnel because obviously they had a, they had they sucked last year so um yeah, if if you're bringing people trading wheeling dealing in and out 
you're not helping that chemistry at all. So I think Zach Taylor will probably want to um, implement a kind of a modus operandi in, in, the, in that organisation, just bring the guys in from the draft. So I don't really see too much in the way of free agency. Mm. No, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like the free agency class as a whole has that much of special talent kind of on the market this year. What do you reckon? No, I mean... Well, obviously, you've got what uh, the big names are what Shaq Barrett, Byron Jones, Murray Cooper, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Chris Jones. Chris Jones is an interesting one. I think he'll stay. They'll, they won't let him leave the building in Kansas City, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in, in terms of, yeah, I, I think a lot of the big the, the, the main guys, I think, will stay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. No, definitely. I, I mean, it's only big name quarterbacks, and I think like either like what you said earlier about Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees will retire. Maybe Philip Rivers, obviously, on the move, quite a big name, but. I think Brady will stay at home. I think Winston. I, I'm, I'm coming around to the idea that Winston will, will resign with Tampa. I don't. I, I mean, I wouldn't pay him, but <laughs> I, I, I get the feeling they're going to, and then maybe draft someone in the second round. Maybe it's something we can talk about next week. But uh, mm. yeah, I just don't think like, there's a lot of uh, there's, a, there's a lot of free agent talent to be honest with you. And this is what well, it's always like, kind of preferable to build from the draft, really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I don't see uh, in terms of wide receiver. What have you say, Amari Cooper? Who? You know, what other wide receivers we've got? Obviously, AJ Bobby Green's and, Bobby you know, Anderson. What they do with him? Yeah. Bobby Anderson. Yeah, I think, I think he'll go to the Eagles if they don't draft. If they don't draft one. Oh, there's a bit of a Deshaun Jackson replacement. Absolutely. Yeah, on the same wavelength. How about Melvin Gordon turn up in Miami and mean they don't have to spend that second round pick on a running back? Mm, yeah, I can see. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. It's, it's, it's similar climbs in terms of uh, uh, kind of location, uh, heat, and you know, mm. it's not going from LA to to the colds of of Chicago. Or, you know, not obviously mm-hmm. a bad example, but the team that's north north that needs a, a running back. Um, yeah, I can certainly see that. To be interesting to see, I not, don't know off the top of my head Miami's cap space uh, situation, but I can pull it up. But yeah, I can certainly see see that as a fit. I can imagine it's quite a lot, <laughs> considering that they've like, had this fire sale. Oh yeah, it's true. Actually, yeah, I think. And they've got like 90 or 100 million. So let me just uh, bring it up. I think they might um, be Yeah, no, certainly. Uh, it would say, mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I say cause they've gotten rid of most people from, from last year as well. So, uh, and like I say, that defense, there's barely anyone on there that's making any money because they're all you know, within the first couple of years of their, their NFL careers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a quarterback. He's not, he's not commanding a lot of money. Um, Devontae Parker's the only one that springs to mind that's on a, on a lot of money. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, Miami's actually quite a good spot for him. What would, what would you what do you reckon you have to pay for for him though? Like in terms of yeah, money, obviously yeah, Melvin Gordon's kind of backfire. You know, he shot himself in the foot from from what happened last year. Mm. Um, do you reckon he'll kind of go yeah, these teams that he might visit with? Do you reckon he'll go with his tail between his legs, or do you reckon he'll still try and command what he you know, close to what he wanted last year? Because obviously he's now a year older. Mm, I mean, I don't see how he can kind of go back and ask for you know north of thirty million dollars again because. He doesn't have the season to back it up. You know, his old recency bias, he's been a good player, don't get me wrong. He's been a good servant to the Chargers. He scored a lot of touchdowns after his rookie year. But I don't see how he can go back into a negotiating room with, you know, another team and demand that money again because he doesn't, he's, he's done nothing to, you know, deserve it in, in recent times. I think it's something around $10 million a year, maybe. He's going to have to lower that number a lot. I mean, he still says he wants to stay in LA, but... I just think those bridges have been burnt way too much, and he's still going to be well paid. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to be up there in the top, you know, top five running backs. He's going to have to lower that to about ten million dollars, which I think you know is reasonable for him. Yeah, and at what point again? 
what doesn't help him is this the RB classes is okay as well in terms of depth. So people can wait a little, you know, day two, day three to go and get a, a running back as well. So uh, I think if you get teams that maybe uh, a whiff on a, on a running back or don't don't see themselves in the right situation to take on him back in the draft, maybe they're, you know, I don't know if Melvin Gordon was signed before the draft. What, in terms of free agency running backs, where do they do they tend to sign before the draft or they don't, do they go after? I mean, it, like you say, it kind of depends on the class. I mean, if people are willing to uh, wait on wait on a rookie that you know for another month, obviously free agency starts thirteenth of March, just over a month away, and then the draft is five or six weeks after that. Are you going to gain anything from signing a, a veteran when you can wait, spend a second or third round pick on a good running back who's younger, who's cheaper, or you're going to spend ten million dollars on Melvin Gordon? It was leverage against the um, the veteran, really. That yeah. The class is so good. And it is deep, and like I said, because of positional value, they're not going to have to spend a lot of draft picks on these guys. No one's going to go in the first round, I don't think, this year. No. So it's it's leverage against the, the veterans like Derek Henry, uh, Melvin Gordon, Shady yeah, McCoy. It's, it's, it's not worked out for uh, Melvin Gordon, I think it's... Not at all. Say, it's possibly the, one of the worst holdouts <laughs> in NFL history, don't you, don't you think? Because what you also, you also have to figure into that is you know there's a scenario where Levy and Bell doesn't return or you know gets traded away from the Jets and obviously the Rams have had a few whispers that Tog t- 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 is obviously uh, open for trade as well not that anyone's going to take his knees but um, again yeah it's not really the cards really haven't fallen for for Melvin Gordon what he wanted to achieve so um, yeah he's going to have to try and maybe cut his losses rather than be rather than be stubborn and swallow his pride a little bit yeah I think so I mean if someone at sort of lower end of the spectrum like a Miami or someone like that is willing to give him a reasonably high number then. I think maybe he'll sign for them. Otherwise, he could be left hanging and it might be a one-year prove-it deal somewhere. Uh, and you'll try and build up his stock again you know, next year and then sign a big deal after that. I don't know. I saw Devonta Freeman as well. He's, not being, he's going to be let go or something like that, isn't he? Cut, kind of. Yes, I kind of I saw that earlier on just before we came on. So, you yeah, know, it could be like quite a flooded market. You know, and you've got all these rookies. Um, I think there's going to be like four or five really good rookies. Um, and it could have mm. been even better. You know, there's a lot of people returning to school. And then you've got, you know, a lot of good free, free agent veterans, you know, people, cut candidates and people like that, like Freeman. So, yeah, no, it could be, you know, that's all going to drive the price down as well. So it could be a bit of free for all with running backs. So you could be getting one quite cheap. Mm. Which could be good news for the Chargers if they do want to replace Melvin Gordon or whether they want to, you know, hang tight with Justin Jackson and uh, Austin Eckler. Mm. Right, let's get down to the draft. Who are, we, who are we kind of targeting? Obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals, number one. We're going Joe Burrow. What about the second round? We kind of touched on this. Are we going tackle or are we going skill position who are we kind of looking at who, who's jumping out at you for the Bengals yes please yeah you know just looking at uh, what am I on the draft network on here you know, anything on the uh, defensive line you've got your tour, your Turgris Matos you've mm-hmm. got uh, Zach Bourne um, yeah, Ross Blacklock as well you know, all linemen uh, and all pass rush guys so I, I assume they they would be you know, people of, of consideration for them obviously you've got Justin Mudabiki uh, at the butchered his name but no you um, nailed that to be fair that was really impressive yeah, and like, like I say, I, I think there's there's a lot of, of a lot of candidates on the on the defensive line there uh, for uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals when they get back round two thirty two as well. So in, uh, even if they wanted to trade back as well, a couple of spots, as I say, there's plenty of uh, defensive linemen that they, they could probably pick in the, in that area. Mm, yeah, for sure. No, I like the name. You know, Ross Blacklock, Malibuki, very good. Um, both, you know, pretty similar. Can rush the passer, can be quite stout against the run. Would kind of be that heir to the throne of Geno Atkins and kind of take over from him, but also, you know, mm. play next to him for the next year or two until, you know, he's put out to pasture. Um, and you know, the next sort of generation of Bengals defensive lineman sort of kicks in alongside, you know, Hubbard and Lawson and the guys we mentioned earlier. 
So you know, like like beefing up the defensive line for them. How about the, the Lions? What we what we saying for their haul? You know, let's say they traded back, they're still getting Jeffrey Okuda. What about the second and third round for them? Well, I've got a sneaky suspicion they'll go wide receiver, uh, maybe second round or third round. Um, I know obviously they've got loads of holes on defense, but um, I think you know someone like I know Leviska Chanel um, Chanel has has mm-hmm. been tipped to to kind of go first round, but con- you know considering how deep this class is you can see that you know some of them might that might drop so uh, obviously Kenny, Kenny Golladay does need a bit of help um, and I, I think by the time it probably gets back to round to them uh, in three and four I think probably some of the guys that they want might not no longer be there so they might actually go for for, for wide receiver in the second round obviously you've got T Higgins you've got what, Justin Jefferson um, yes, but like, yeah I've, I've seen a little bit of Leviska Chenault uh, Jr uh, who's from Colorado isn't he mm-hmm. um, I, I think I think if he He's still there at the at the top of the of the second round. I think he will, he'll go there, but I think all signs are pointing to him. His draft stock rising. What, what do you make of uh, of Chenault? Yeah, Chenault's really good. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, I don't know if you've seen mm. this, but it's this, this player that's played pretty much everywhere on offense for Colorado. Mm. Yeah. Um, he's carried their offense at times. He's had a few injury problems, but I think not this year. The year before, before he got injured, they were unbeaten. I think they were five and zero or six and zero, something like that, to begin the season. He had something like. 50 or I think it's like 59 or 60% of their whole offensive production. So he can definitely carry an offense. He can do a little bit of everything. He's got good sort of run after the catch ability, uh, but he can go up and get it as well. And he can play inside and out, which I think if you're lining up for the Lions with um, Marvin Jones, Kenny Golder, kind of as your big tall towers on the outside, Chenault can be kind of your underneath receiver and rack receiver. A little bit like mm. what um, Golden Tate used to bring to the party with, with them. Uh, so, you know, he yeah, could be. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's kind of what I thought. I thought. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. definitely looking at a slot. slot we're with, them, uh, with Danny, yeah, I mean, well, Danny Amadola is a free agent as well, and he's what he's nearly thirty-five now, he? so, yeah. <laughs> he's 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 certainly getting on. Um, but yeah, I, I can certainly say with with Chenel, it's he he can do a lot, a lot of things as well, and probably helps uh, will help with um, with with Kenny Golladay uh, as well. So I think someone like him, his his skill set would would suit the Lions. But whether or not they take him in the second round, I don't. I've just got a sneaky suspicion that they kind of want to do that as well. Um, yeah, interesting. Just a bit more depends, depends what they get at three. Yeah, it depends where they get at three. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, last up. So let's hit uh, the Dolphins then. You know, obviously we're, we're going through kind of the first round. We're hitting like a multitude of, of positions. Maybe we're getting a tackle. Maybe we're getting an edge rusher, running back. Put some names on them. Who, who are we getting? It wouldn't surprise me actually. With uh, we were talking obviously about free agency, you've got a couple of a couple of. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and make maybe make a play at Byron Jones. Um, oh, really? for, okay. for the Dallas, yeah, that, yeah, and I mean Anthony Harris as well. He's one of safety from was he Denver? I want to say Denver. Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris. Name team. Chris Harris. Um, um, no, Chris Harris Anthony Harris. Oh, okay. Chris. Oh, uh, is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Chris Harris Jr. He's a corner. Yeah, yeah. From from Denver. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if they maybe make make a bit of a play for what for one of those two. Um, but yeah, uh, just talking of if you, if you who who do you reckon with the Dolphins? So if we're talking about tackle, I think that's the second place that they really have to hit. I think if they get two, or they they kind of have to kind of protect him straight away, especially because he's really mm. problems over the past year or so. Uh, they could look at Mackay Beckton, the, the massive oh, tackle from, from Louisville. Yeah, absolutely. He's back of the first round candidate? Yeah, I mean, middle middle to the back uh, of the first yeah. round could be hitting on there. I think it's 19th pick, isn't it? The second pick that they've got in the first yeah, round. Yeah, Obviously, massive yeah. tackle, but he can move. He's, he, he's, 
he's an absolute monster. Was he like 360 odd pounds, 370 pounds, but he's such an athlete. Yeah, exactly. He's got light feet. He can move. He can, he can both you know, pass, protect and block. Obviously the, the easy comparison to make is uh, Trent Brown, who Trent Brown is Trent Brown, isn't it? Yes. Raiders, Raiders. Yep. Sorry, I just yeah, I yeah. said his name and then it just kind of you know that <laughs> you know that feeling that you've got. Oh my god, I've got his name wrong. It's like a it's like a name generator, isn't it? Yeah. Just get <laughs> any first name, any second name, and just uh, you, know, you come up with Trent Brown. Exactly. Yeah. No, Trent Brown. You know, obviously massive tackle as well, but can also move. So yeah, he's easy comparison for Mackay Beckton. But yeah, I think in the middle of the first, I could be looking at him. I don't think Andrew Thomas is going to going to slip that far. Or Tristan Worth. I think they'll all be gobbled up because there's quite a lot of teams at the top that need to tackle. But you know, it's a good mm. tackle class again. So. Could be waiting on that. And then Edge, uh, if we move on to Edge, they could be looking at uh, Caleb on Chasen, you know, potentially if they want some speed off the edge or someone like Zach Bourne. You know, we're talking about Brian Flores coming from New England, this kind of like hybrid edge, um, kind of off-ball hybrid linebacker that they like. You know, think of players like Don Hightower, Jamie Collins that they've had in New England. I think, you know, Zach Bourne kind of fits that mould and do a little bit of everything from linebacker position. So I think, you know, he'd be another candidate there for them. Do you see Miami do anything in, in terms of the, the secondary uh, on, on defense with one of their with one of their later picks? Obviously, you know, guys like C.J. Henderson, um, Christian Fulton, or um, some of the safeties, uh, Grant Dale Pitt and, and Xavier McKinney as well. Because obviously, they traded away uh, Minka Fitzpatrick as well. Do you think they'll may, maybe look to try and cut their losses and try and kind of replace him with with the pick that they got for him? I do. I think they'll try and pick someone up within the first four picks. So that you know, mm, if they pick yeah. their first three, and then if they you know got the second round pick thrown in there as well, I think they'll definitely try and get someone across the road from Xavier McKinney because we've seen it with Detroit. You know, you've got Darius Slay, who's one of the better cornerbacks in the league, but then the other team just picks on the other guy because obviously he's not nearly mm. as good. So yeah, no, I definitely think they could pick up someone such as C.J. Henderson or Jeff Gladney, maybe even Damon mm. Arnett in the, in the second round. I don't think they'll touch corner because, again, it's a very deep class uh, for corner. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you can pick up a good good player uh, early in the second and even later than that, maybe if they wanted to wait to the third, they could probably do the same. Yeah, and that's what I mean about, obviously, I mentioned a bit earlier on about, you know, obviously having the three first round, first round picks, they can stay fluid. So, if there is someone that, if, you know, if, there are, if people are starting to fall off their board that they do like and there's only one or two left, they, they have the firepower to manoeuvre to move up one mm. or two spots or... You know, you know, if if everyone's gone, they can trade back uh, and pick up the you know the guys that maybe they have second round grade on. So, um, yeah, it's really it's I know it's easy easier said than done, but it's going to be quite hard for them not to maybe hit on two or three of these and and do whatever they it is they want to do because they've certainly got the, all the tools to be able to to manoeuvre around and and kind of cherry pick who they want to be quite honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with the capital sort of acquisition that Miami have gone through over the past you know year or so, it would be. Mm. A real like waste if they say for instance didn't get to uh, or something like that you know and they yeah they didn't get the guys who they want because they've got so much ability to move around and, and do what they need to do it, it would just be such a waste and the gm should you know should lose his job if they don't get a, a good haul of players mm-hmm. if they need to give up you know a first round pick here or there to go and get who they want then they just need to do it because they, like we said they've got a lot of holes and they've got the capital to move around and get who they want. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think, I say, I think there's an argument to be made that they might not make three picks, but that's fine. You know, you, we've got this and get who you want, go and get your boys, really. I know you mentioned safety as well just a moment ago. Uh, maybe in the second, maybe, yep. in the, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe in the third round. We've got a guy called Kyle Duger from Lenore Ryan. It's an FCS college, but this guy can play. Um, he's a big safety. He's fairly similar to Minkus Fitzpatrick in, in dimensions. Maybe he's a little bit heavier, but he can do a little bit of both. He can come down, he plays very fast, plays very physical. He can come downhill and, and stop somebody in a hole, but he can also cover a little bit as well. 
So maybe they could look to him as kind of a, I don't want to say cheaper alternative in terms of like drafting Odson Fitzpatrick was mm. a very sought after college player. Um, picking up an SES kid um, out of Lenore Ryan might be, you know, seems a, a kind of cheaper alternative, but he can definitely do it. He can definitely play. So maybe, you know, if we're, if we're having a good combine and he's maybe coming into the second round, maybe he's in consideration there. Or, you know, if he stays where he is at the moment, maybe it's a third round selection and Miami get a great player as well. So, that, you know, if you're talking about replacing uh, a safety, then maybe Kyle Duga's a, a name to watch. Mm, yep, I agree. So, um, that kind of brings us to the end is there anything else that you kind of want to go through want to talk about want to ask or want to throw out there before we get out of it uh no not really i, I say uh, i would have to do or certainly when i get around to do mock drafts i'll do a mock draft where the uh, miami dolphins get stamped for three uh by, by a team <laughs> and see and then kind of see how i, I think it, it could play out if that happens but yeah i mean certainly if if miami screw it up it would be the um it would be the you know, top all screw-ups in terms of the NFL draft so yeah definitely um, yeah maybe I'll, I'll do that just to play out devil's advocate i yeah i really like that idea actually you know a kind of worst case scenario for miami because obviously they're the team that everyone's looking at and kind of everyone expecting to go where they're going to go really and, and draft to her so you know i like that i'm really looking forward to if you if you kind of do release that over the you know coming weeks i'll be i'll be the first one to read that for yeah. sure I'll, I'll make it my first one <laughs> <laughs> very good so what are we what are we looking at over on the NFL side and all the other side for full ten yards? What are we doing? What's in the what's in the lab for you at the moment, writing wise or podcasting wise? <clears throat> oh well, I'd say uh, XFL seems to have taken off um, obviously of its first week as well. So we, we are making making sure we uh, give that a good bit of coverage. Obviously, Sean and Michael uh, have put some good content obviously on the website mm. as well in terms of that. So make sure we can give that a read. I think we're even uh, get, even putting a podcast together for the XFL. So any XFL fans that might be listening to this, uh, yeah, go and give that a, go and give that a listen if you're if you've been curious. Yeah, you're curious. Um, what's the word? Your curiousness has been kind of your ears have been pricked by the XFL yeah. Uh, but yeah NFL so NFL wise we obviously did a podcast yesterday on the QB carousel we I say we talked about uh, QB such as Tom Brady Philip Rivers you know where they could end up Drew Brees whether or not he'll retire obviously Dak Prescott as well about his you know when he would he, you know, kind of the scenarios on him getting a new contract and when and what it could look like he even hypothesized that there is a scenario that he could get more than Patrick Mahomes um, which yeah absolutely terrifies the living daylights out of me but um, <laughs> you know, this is the world this is the world we live in um, yeah, no, we're going to do um, a bit of, you know, going through each position in terms of, you know, free agency. We're going to do coaching, you know, re- re- revisit the coaching changes that, that have happened and, and look at those teams. Obviously, my, my Cowboys are involved in that as well. Mm. Um, yeah, for that free agency, obviously look at some positions as well and obviously it kind of coincide that with the draft. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely we'll have to do a little bit more crossover. Obviously, we've got yourself over from the NFL side, but as the draft goes closely, we'll have to sort of do this more crossover, more crossover stuff. Just wanted to touch on the XFL. Obviously, that you know, some read really well for us in terms of our written content, and there seems to be a bit more interest in it than I, I anticipated. I haven't really watched a lot of it. You are you kind of in the same boat as me, aren't you? That you've not really watched it, but kind of intrigued by it, I guess. Um, well, one thing I will say is the articles that the boys have written, uh, Sean hmm. and Michael, they actually really did get me in the mood for it. So I managed to. Watch- watch probably uh, 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 the equivalent of a quarter for each game 
uh, just to kind of see what it's all like it's like and the kind of the experience and no matter I think no matter how many times I watch it the, the kickoffs would always look a bit weird there's just two people lining up like a guard of honour uh, waiting for the ball to be caught just wait, sitting there patiently uh, or standing there patiently I suppose <laughs> is, the, is the right term but um, yeah and I certainly pricked, pricked, pricked my ears up a little bit obviously I've got BT Sport on, on an app so I can you know, just quickly come you know, check in and, and watch a few games uh, obviously once you get, a, get you're okay with the fact that it's not going to be the NFL and it's not going to be uh, you know high end athletes and, and and what have you it's going to be you know, people that are just you know, generally generally work hard work hard mm. and just want to play football and um, once you've kind of got that on that on that into your head you, you can kind of watch it and you know, dare I say enjoy it as well obviously it's been well received over in the states in terms of the stadium and the ticket sales it's already you know, done better than than the AAF uh, and mm. from what I saw as well the funding wise it's it's at least funded for the for, for two years so um i think they've done the right thing in terms of you know making sure fans they've gotten fantasy involved and dfs and all the rest of it as well so certainly i think the right platforms are there but again you know we were saying this about the aaf last year about mm. how, how promising it was and that was after the first week so yeah for sure be interesting to see how much or how quickly the novelty wears off but yeah it's good to see people in the crowds that are you know in uniform and dressed mm. up and you know it was almost like the bloody the darts at the alley pally wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a little bit like that so i guess um i mean we're getting off topic and kind of talking about xfl here and don't want to steal the thunder if we are gonna uh, make an xfl pod so obviously i feel for that um i guess you've adopted the dallas renegades as your team I did, yes. We yeah. two, two, two poor teams in Dallas now. <laughs> well, let's talk better about that. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think we'll leave that there. Um, so, yeah, no, thanks for coming on, Tim. And obviously, keep your eyes out and eyes peeled for all the NFL content, all the other content that we kind of knocking out here at the full 10 yards. Tim, you just want to give your kind of details. I know everyone probably knows it by now. I've listened to you so often. But do you want to give your details where we can find you and things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Tim underscore Monk F Tim Y is on the Twitter where I have some uh, random ramblings. I think uh, talking of XFL, I was uh, making some some funny names up of of different people in uh, in positions like you know, cornerbackers, e- e- interception, and you know, <laughs> the guy on the sideline called Mike Mike uh, Mike Up. But um, just can't yeah, stay away from yeah, it. A bit, a bit of a, I can't, mate. I can't. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a slave. I'm a slave to it. Um, yeah, you can find me there on Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much where I hang out, to be honest. That's where all the cool kids hang out. I don't know where they are yet, but... <laughs> it's waiting. Waiting patiently. Yeah. No, fantastic. Um, yeah, like I say, we'll, we'll be back next week uh, looking at three other mystery teams doing the same sort of thing. Kind of just throwing some names out there, throwing some situations out there, looking at some team needs and how are these teams going to build for the future that they you know, so desperately need to build. Um, so, you know, we'll leave it there. Uh, if you want to catch me on Twitter, my handle is at Wakefield90. And if you want to catch the Full 10 Yards Twitter handle, uh, it's at Full 10 CFB. No, Full 10 Yards CFB. God, I don't even know that. Full 10 Yards. Oh, you, 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 you've, you're out of, full out of shape. Full 10 CFB. I am out of shape. I am. I am <laughs> a couple of weeks away from the pod. But yeah, no, at Full 10 Yards CFB if you want to hit us there. Um, this has been a bit of a shambles from my point of view in terms of hosting. So I don't know if you want to listen to me next week. But if you do, thanks very much. And thanks for listening to this week. So. You do. I'll be on it. <laughs> so yeah, no, we'll see you on the other side, people. <laughs>